Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast. We hope that this message will challenge you and encourage you on your journey of faith. If you would like to learn more about Journey Church, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and online at thejourneychurch.cc. Now enjoy the message. Father, we thank you for your grace. God, I thank you for this moment, Father. I thank you, God, that your presence is so beautiful, Father, and that your, your love is so tangible. And Father, I pray for every person who just had an incredible moment in this worship set, God, that that moment would just carry out through the rest of the service, that we would not just switch gears now just to take in information, but, God, that we will allow the emotion that we just experienced, the atmosphere we just experienced, and the information that Rob's going to give us today to combine and write something brand new and beautiful in our hearts. Father, we thank you for that. Father, I pray for my brother Rob right now. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would give him the words to speak boldly and confidently, Lord, that your words coming through his mouth would be seasoned with grace and love, Father, and that you would challenge us, grow us, and strengthen us today. Father, I thank you for Rob and what he's doing right now. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, brother. I want to put in a quick plug for, uh, for Pepper's uh, gift wrapping. I saw her come in this morning. She was running a little bit late. She came in. She came in a little, a little, little gangster. So, so no, no, no. This is a good thing. It's good. So, if you want to tell all your friends and family that you had your presents wrapped by a gangster rapper, here's your chance. <laughs> all right. Among surfers, there are there are three different levels of excitement, okay? There's stoke, and stoke is just kind of a general buzz that you have about life, you know? Like, man, I'm stoked about Thanksgiving. I'm stoked about those mashed potatoes, you know? Just, just, you just get stoked about stuff. The next level is amped. So it's stoked, amped. And amped is like, dude, Surfline is green next Thursday, three to four feet and clean. That's when you're amped because you're, you're, like, getting really excited about the thing that's in the future that's coming. And then there's what I am right now, okay? It's when you're, like, you're right there at the thing. Like, Thursday came and the forecast was right. And you're waxing up. You're getting your trunks on. You're running down to the beach. A lot of times you run down to check the surf and you walk back. But you're running down to the beach. Now you're frothing. That's what I am right now about this. I am frothing. I have a little video clip that I think um, demonstrates the way that I'm feeling this morning. I've got about five or six great starts here. I've got one idea that I'm especially psyched out of my mind about. You know, it's one of those ideas where you're just like, uh, yeah! <laughs> That's me. I am Miles Finch frothing. All right. <laughs> All right, I want to I take you guys to a place in your own minds, in your own lives. Um, each of us, and, and this goes for if you're 15, you, this has already happened. Um, each of us has a place and time in our lives that we can close our eyes and think about. And it's a, a place and time where everything in life is right. You know what I mean? Every, every, everybody is, everything is in its right place. All the people that care about you are in their right places in your lives. For me, 
That's Christmas of 1977. I was five years old. I'm going to stop and let you guys do the math. Don't forget to carry the one. Okay? If, you're, if you've done the math and you're thinking to yourself, there's no way he was five years old in 1977. He looks too good. You're right, but the math does not lie. Yeah. So, so I was five. Um, does anybody know what movie came out in 1977? Did it? I don't know. I hope I didn't get Godfather stuff for Christmas. <laughs> I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. Anybody? Come on, nerds. Come on. Thank you. Star Wars. So, so when I, for Christmas in 1977, I'm guessing that there were probably like some action figures, you know, movie poster, whatever. Um, I had an older sister. My older sister was eight. I was five. So she's, you know, even more so. Um, my parents had just celebrated uh, their 10th anniversary. And we didn't know at the time that in three years my mother would be gone. We didn't even know she was sick. So, sorry. Okay, it's bow time. We need a biscuit bar. That's what we really need back there. To get, to get rid of the coffee bar, let's have a biscuit bar. Yeah. Oh, oh, sorry. So, I just caused it. This is how splits. This is how splits happen in the church. You know. Yeah. I'm a biscuit Baptist. We used to be part of the co- We used to be part of the coffee Baptist church. All right. Thank you. Thanks. That was a point in my life where I can close my eyes and I get that feeling. I don't even know there's probably some kind of a word for it, some kind of a psychiatric term for it, but it's just the feeling of a point in your life where everything was right. You didn't know that some of your relatives didn't like each other. You weren't aware that the world was full of injustice and crappy people. You were in this little kind of cocoon. Everybody there with me? In in your own mind, you don't have to be in 1977 Christmas. You can be in 87 Christmas, whatever, you know. I don't know about your house, but at my house, when Santa Claus came the night before, we put out for him crackers sharp cheddar cheese, and a cold Budweiser. Because you got to give Santa, you know, Schwartz, we're down on the alphabet, we're toward the end of the list, you know, it's time for Santa to have a cold one, apparently. You got to give him what he wants. So, the, the, the thing that's at the root of my close your eyes, everything's right with the world memory is the same thing that's at the root of whatever memory you have in your head right now, and that is love. All right, let's take a let's take a little deep dive in the uh, in the deep end of the Jesus pool. All right, we can all agree that Jesus was a real man who lived a real life, right? Died a real death. Um, he's actually captured by I think Josephus, who was a historian at the time. So there's aside from the Bible and all that we have there, there are some other historical narratives by others that say Jesus was a real person. He really came here. He really lived. Where we get a little bit murky is how could Jesus be fully God 
am fully man. It's kind of a hard concept to wrap your head around, right? We can see where like, oh, here's where he's a man, and then here's where he acts like God. But it's hard to kind of marry the two, right? The best explanation that I've ever heard for that I'm going to give to you right now. Jesus had in his wallet a credit card. I'm going to call it the God card. Right, the number was like seven 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 seven. Right, like that. No expiration date, no credit limit. All right, he walked around with it in his back pocket the whole time, never pulled it out. Okay, he was God, he was man, but he didn't lean into or cheat by leaning into his divinity. All right, Jesus is man or mankind as God intended man to be, all right? A son, unpolluted by sin, fully in relationship with the Father, fully reliant on the Father, fully able to trust the will of the Father. What makes this possible if he's a man in the flesh and he's got the God card in his back pocket? How is this possible (laughs) So the four themes of Advent are hope, peace, love, and joy. Over the last two weeks, Pastor Kim walked us through the first two, first through hope, saying hope that the reasons for hope are the promises of God. And if anyone has ever walked the earth and understood that God keeps his promises, it was Jesus. As a matter of fact, Jesus never gave up hope. He was born with hope. We're all born with hope. And what do we do? We lose it. You know, we get, life happens, people happens, stuff happens, and we lose hope. Jesus, he never lost hope. He's showing us this is man as God intended man to be. He knew that the 16th Psalm was about him. It's a prophetic Psalm. And we're going to look at verses 9 through 11. I want to point out, see, N-K-J-V. That's the new King James Version, all right? Look, the shoes say N-I-V, but the beard says New King James. (laughs) Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh will also rest in hope. This is a psalm about Jesus. For you will not leave my soul in Sheol, or the grave, as we learned from Pastor Chris, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So this is a song about the built-in hope that Jesus had. And it's the same built-in hope that we're born with but we get disconnected from it. Jesus managed to stay connected to it all the time. So last week was peace. And let's see, Pastor Kim shared with us, I think, out of Luke, uh, Luke 2, 13 through 14, also New King James. Huh? But I mean, you've if you watched Peanuts, you know, if you watch Charlie Brown Christmas, you're familiar with the King James. 
And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And what Pastor Kim said about peace was the complete peace of Christ is a guard for your heart. So let's put ourselves in the place of Jesus for a minute. I don't know about you, but if I knew that I was hours away from crucifixion, I would not be worried about others' peace. <laughs> right? I, I wouldn't. I'd be thinking about how I'm going to get out of this. And I mean, he was to some extent too. He was saying, hey, you know, when, when he went and prayed and he sweat blood, he was saying, God, if there's a plan B, I'm ready to hear what you have to say. Nevertheless, I trust you. Not my will, your will. Nevertheless. <clears throat> so Jesus was focused on his disciples' peace. John 14, 27. This is a... Uh, this was like he, he kind of gives this big, long speech when he's went during the, the Passover supper, which we now know is the Last Supper, and we celebrated last week as communion. John 14, 27. Now we're going, now we're going NLT. We're getting more. We're speeding it up. I am leaving with you a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift that the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. How many of you know that you can't give away something that you don't have? Right now, I can't reach in my wallet and get anybody $100. It's not there, right? No, no. It's got, it's got an expiration date and, and limits. Yeah, yeah. So, so we see that Jesus had peace. We see that Jesus had hope, okay? Next week... Pastor Chris is going to bring it home with joy, and I don't want to preach his sermon, just like he did with me earlier, but, you know, whatever. Uh, but I want, to point out, I want to point out that Jesus also had joy. Jesus had peace, Jesus had hope, and Jesus had joy in abundance, all right? So we see in John 17, 13, he's praying. This is when he's praying in the garden, like right before the guards come in right before the dude gets his ear chopped off and the mayhem ensues and he's getting ready to be dragged off, right? He's praying and he's saying to the Father, I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I'm still in the world so that they, his disciples, us, <laughs> the future, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. joy. So um, I bet this is going to be in your message next week. Hebrews 12, too? For the joy set before him? Yeah, Hebrews 12, too? Sure, it is now. Take, take notes, Pastor Chris. <laughs> Hebrews 12, too. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne. And we're told, everybody's probably heard a sermon on this, on this very verse, that, that the joy set before Jesus was what? It was us. And he wasn't just, Jesus wasn't just thinking like, 
about, oh, yeah, there's going to be some more people, and they're going to have joy, and they're going to be happy. No, the joy of Jesus was in knowing that what he was getting ready to go through was going to reintroduce and reconcile the world to the love of his father that he knew more intimately and completely than anybody else. How is it that Jesus could have hope and trust God knowing that what he would have to go through and putting on flesh? How is this? How is it that Jesus could have perfect peace and trust God knowing what he would go through and putting on flesh? How is it that Jesus could have joy, even dying the death of a criminal, being wrongly accused, mocked, beaten, spat upon, and nailed by the wrists and feet to a cross of wood until he died, knowing what he would go through putting on flesh? He knew, and yet, and yet. How is this possible? It's all possible because of the fourth thing. It's all possible because of love. So what makes up the core of my feel-good 1977, you'll shoot your eye out Christmas story? It's love. It's love. In that moment, I was loved, and I knew I was loved, and that's all I knew. And it made the other things all possible. Love is the source of everything. And when I mean say everything, I mean everything. Let's look at 1 John. Chapter 4. I think we're 7 through 12. Is that right? Yep. Good. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because, say it with me, people, God is love. Okay? This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This love... This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Now, this is a verse that has bothered me throughout my my walk with the Lord. This one. This is how God showed his love among us. Oh, here it is. This is love, not that, verse 10, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. I'll tell you why. Um... I have, a, I have a men's group that I t- talk to you guys about pretty much every time I get up here. And, and we got into this discussion, we'll call it, started as a discussion, about free will and election. And we had one guy in the group that was like, it's election. It's all, there's no, there's nothing, you can't do anything, whatever. And this is the verse here. You know, it's not you. You didn't love God. God loved you. And, and uh, man, it just... It's always really bothered me until right now. You ready for this? All right. This isn't even it. This isn't even like the frothing moment. (sighs) Yeah, I'm kind of amped right now. I'm I'm frothing though too. If God is love, let's go back. Let's think about when you were a kid. How do you learn how to love? How do you, do you, are you born loving? You're not. You don't know how to love until you are loved. 
That's what this verse is saying. This verse is saying, we don't know how to love. God loved us before we even existed. That's how we can love God. That's how we can love each other. You know, it's not like the the other side of that coin is that like, oh, I have all this love and I loved God into existence. Like that's the extreme, like no other side of the, of the equation there. So we saw in there, God is love, all right? Seriously, seriously, God is love. All right, I got a little science for you. I got a little bit of chemistry for you. I got a little bit of math for you. So if I see you guys glazing over, I'll wake you up. All right, so let's go, let's go back and see who's paying attention in, in chemistry class science at all. Let's see who's paying, see who went to school. Um, all right. What's the, what's the smallest, uh, I guess, amount of any substance that you could have that's purely that substance? Okay. It's an atom. Now, there's this, the table that has all the things on it. There's like gold, periodic table of Elements. Okay, very good. Element is a substance that cannot be chemically. That's right. A substance that cannot be chemically interconverted. There's your word for the day. Or changed. Cannot be chemically changed or broken down into similar or into simpler substances. It is the very essence of gold, of carbon, of oxygen, nitrogen, potassium. Now. Let's imagine for a minute that there is a new addition to the periodic table of elements, and the element is called love. And it's an actual substance that you can touch, that you can measure, that you can quantify, that you can weigh, that you can see, smell. It has all these characteristics. Now, we know the characteristics. We can qualify love, but we can't quantify love. We can give it, we can say all of its qualities. It's patient, it's kind, you know, it does all the things but we can't measure it. We can't see it. Now imagine that this is an actual real substance and you get a whole bunch of it together. That's what God is made out of. <laughs> here's the, the mind-blowing part for me. That's the, like God is actually made of a substance called love. He is love. <laughs> we can't see it. We can't measure it. We can't taste it. And yet we experience it in the deepest part of our bodies, in the deepest part of our lives. What a privilege. (laughs) Wow. Why create the universe? Why create stars and planets and moons? Why create the earth, plants, animals? Why create people? Why? Love. That's what love does. Love creates, it builds, it connects. It doesn't tear down and destroy. We are here. Everything that you see around you, everything is here because of love, because that's what love does. It makes things. Love makes new things. Guess what else love does? Love makes things new. (laughs) Why would Jesus willingly put on flesh and become Emmanuel? Why would Jesus willingly put on flesh and become God with us? It's math time now. 
So it's a conditional statement, an if-then statement. Use, use if-then statements in geometry, like, you know, everybody knows, like, duh, Pythagorean theorem. A squared plus B squared equals C squared. It's how to, it's how to figure the, you know, the sides of a right triangle. I mean, everybody knows that, right? So it's like if A equals this, then B equals, and B equals this, then C equals this. All right, this is a conditional statement. If God equals love, we know that, and God equals Jesus, we know that, then God, Jesus equals love. So I'll ask the question again, why would Jesus willingly put on flesh and be God with us? Because he is love. He's made up of the element called love. Ooh, that's right. Because Jesus was fully secure in the love of God, he was free to hope. Ask a little kid, ask a little, a little tiny kid, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? That kid's going to be Spider-Man. Do you know why? Because he's loved. His dream can be as big as he wants it to be. And we lose our connection with that along the way. Because Jesus was fully secure in the love of God, his own internal peace was fully secure regardless of storms that were outside of him. Because he was loved. Because Jesus was fully secure in the love of God, his joy was complete from the very beginning and he maintained his joy throughout his time in the flesh. He did not lose contact with his joy, as happens to us because we live our whole lives in the flesh without the God card in our back pocket, <laughs> all right? Because I knew I was loved as a child and free from the job, the job now of guarding my own heart, free to feel confident about my future, to know peace inside, and to experience joy. I was, I was free to do that because of love. Because my job as a kid, my full-time job, wasn't guarding my own heart against disappointment. And we learn to do that. As we grow and go through this life, we learn to, to put on armor and to keep people at a safe distance and to have healthy boundaries. That's what life teaches us, not Jesus. When guarding your own heart is a full-time job, peace, joy, and hope are just three nice words. There are three words that you buy on Amazon and hang in your kitchen. That's all they are. That's it. So my bride and I have a pretty good thing going, I think. I think she thinks so too. I'd say we're about as compatible as two people could possibly be. Because we are secure in our love for one another, we are free, freer to thoroughly enjoy life together because I don't have to think about it. She doesn't have to think about it. That being said, we've both expressed to each other that one of our greatest fears in life is that one of us is going to do something stupid to mess that up. It's valid, you know? As great as the love is between the two of us, I can do something stupid to mess it up. She can do something stupid to mess it up. It's got its limitations, not God. 
Not God. None of us ever has to worry about doing something to mess up the good thing that we have with God because we've already done it. <laughs> he, ar- he, he, he already knew that we were going to do it before he created all the things. But because he's love, he created all the things anyways, knowing that it was, we were going to make a disaster out of it. And we weren't going to ruin it. That's freedom. Think of the liberty that you have in that. Just a little bit of liberty that Tara and I have in our relationship and in the, the, the solid footing that we're on and the love that we have and the trust that we have for one another. It's limited. It's got to guarantee you we could find the limits to it real quick, you know, if we set our mind to it. <laughs> Not God. He loves us the same no matter what. He doesn't keep up healthy boundaries between us and them. He doesn't guard his heart. As a matter of fact, he guards our heart for us. Yeah. The ultimate work of Christ in coming to earth is to reintroduce us and reconcile us to the love of his Father, the God that makes things, new things, and makes things new, to make his Father our Father, to demonstrate to us the way to live as sons and daughters of a perfect loving father to receive love so that we will know how to give it so that we can experience peace joy and hope love is the string that ties all of that together none of this is possible without love examine your own life i've gotten to spend a couple weeks examining mine so you take a couple minutes. Do you, find, do you find that you're lacking in peace? Do you find that you're lacking in joy? Are you unable to imagine the future filled with hope? I'm going to tell you right now, you don't have a peace problem. You don't have a joy problem. You don't have a hope problem. Stop treating the symptoms of the problem and start treating the problem. You got a love problem. You know, we see Jesus, and we see that he was never disconnected from the love of his Father. He, there was never a time in his life when he didn't know who he was and whose he was. And none of us have lived that life. Not a single one of us. I don't care how old you are. You haven't lived that life. There's a time, times, many times, there are times a day, you know, many times in an hour, that you disconnect yourself from the love of God. And it's in those moments when you find that you're lacking peace, you're lacking hope, you're lacking joy. And that's, that's the story of Christmas. That's what Jesus came to reintroduce us, to reconnect us to the fundamental element of life, the element of love. I'm going to ask you guys, come on. We're going to land this plane. So in the moments that we have left this morning, as we enter into a little short time of worship, by the way, that worship was, dude, that was fire. It was raining microphones. It was. The sound guy said, please don't do that. (laughs) 
As we enter into a short time of worship, let's ask Jesus to perform a miracle right here. Let's ask Jesus to perform a miracle within each of us. The miracle is greater than water into wine, the healing of the sick. You know, when Jesus said, you're going to do all the stuff that you saw me do, you're going to see greater things done. This is what he's talking about. What's greater than healing a heart? A surgeon can fix a heart for a little while. You're going to die eventually. Surgeon, nobody can heal a heart. Nobody can heal a life but Jesus. Let's take a minute and ask Jesus to perform the miracle of reconnecting and reconciling us to the love of his dad.